Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by On Call Capital. On Call Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. On Call Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones. Throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. And since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow healthcare professionals to help aid in your search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a Plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. Today's topic is one that I actually think about a lot, because you just see them everywhere you go. Our rabbit hole of the day is, dun, 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 restaurants, part one. If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good meal, and it seems like there are more restaurant options out there than ever before. I've often thought of owning my own restaurant, but my experience is limited to working three months as a cook at a fast food Asian place called Maui Teriyaki over 20 years ago. Now, that doesn't stop my wheels from turning every time I walk into a cool restaurant, though. So I thought, what would it really take to open up one of these places? But once I got into this a little bit more, it just was a little bit more than I could chew, at least for just one episode. So for part one, I'd like to focus on failure rates, the size and scope of the restaurant market and opportunity, and the different types of restaurant concepts that are available for you to choose from. We'll also go over independent ownership versus franchising. In part two, we'll go over how to actually get started, resources for you to lean on, roadblocks to expect, and also the pros and cons of entering into the restaurant industry. I have to admit that I've always been worried by the failure rate of restaurants to truly dive into the idea. The closest I ever got was my work on a brew pub, and the banks basically told us they would fund us if I just removed the restaurant concept and went with a straight brewery because restaurants were just considered to be too risky. I've heard a restaurant failure rate as high as 95% from some folks. So why would a bank or anyone else, for that matter, take that kind of risk? Well, in my thought, it's because if 95% were accurate, I don't think we'd have too many restaurants to begin with. However, it is challenging to find good statistics on this. An article on Binwise shows a failure rate of 60% within the first year and 80% within five years. Depressing, I know, but the article only references another article that mentions these rates with no further explanation of where those numbers came from. Another article on toasttab.com cites that the failure rate is closer to 30%. 
and that this number is accepted by the NRA. No, not that NRA, the National Restaurant Association. However, that article cites numbers from the 90s and mid-aughts, so it's hardly reflective of the current state of the market. On the flip side, franchises have had the opposite reputation. Some sites say that if you become a franchisee, you stand a 95% chance of success. Of course, this number doesn't separate restaurants from other franchises or individual companies, meaning that other businesses like Cycle Bar, Salons by JC, and Urban Air Adventure Parks are included in that mix. But while the top 100 franchises may have a failure rate of less than 2%, that doesn't mean that all franchises are created equal. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not clamoring to open up a Burger King anytime soon. I think it's more helpful to think about the failure rate of your particular restaurant concept. Let's say you're thinking about opening up a burger place. You may already have a great concept yourself, or maybe you're looking into a franchise. But a Culver's may have a different franchise model, cost structure, and failure rate than, say, a Steak and Shake or a Five Guys. So you'll have to figure out what the failure rates are for those particular businesses and whether or not an area is already overly saturated. Overall, I would expect a growing company providing a great product to continue growing and failing companies that are shuttering doors to continue to fail. Or a different way to put it, if you see a bunch of Greek restaurants in your area closing down, maybe the Greek concept isn't what your community wants and you'd be better served by going in a different direction. Failure rate is something to be concerned with, but you don't have to let it paralyze you like it did me. If you know your area and you are connected enough to know a good opportunity when you see it, then don't be afraid to move forward. So just how big is this opportunity? Well, before embarking on your journey into restaurant ownership, it's important to understand the size and scope of the overall restaurant market. It's pretty vast and it is continually growing. In the United States alone, the market size reached an estimated $860 billion in 2021, according to the National Restaurant Association. This shows the immense potential for success within the industry. According to Fortune Business Insights, the global food industry was roughly $2.4 trillion in 2022 and is expected to grow to $5.4 trillion by 2030 representing a strong 10.79% compound annual growth rate over the period. That's a lot of food, y'all. There are many factors involved with the growth and evolution of the food industry. The vegan food trend has grown in popularity over the last several years. There have been an increasing number of food courts and food malls internationally. There's been a shift to increasing spending on out-of-home food consumption following the pandemic when everybody was stuck at home. And, of course, there's a high preference for online food delivery that may actually hinder growth of the overall restaurant market. The statistical data is separated into full-service restaurants, quick-service restaurants, institutes, and others. Full-service has the highest market share with nearly 40% of the market. And quick-service comes in around 32% of the market. So they are the dominant concepts and will drive overall growth. But I think we need to break that down a bit more. There are various restaurant styles and types to choose from, each with its own unique characteristics and target audience. You'll see how there really is a spectrum of concepts out there. Let's briefly touch on 10 of those options. Casual dining. These restaurants serve food a la carte at moderate prices with full table service. They can be chains or independently owned and cover a wide variety of cuisines. 
fine dining. These restaurants offer attentive, full-table service in a more formal setting. The food is considered higher quality than casual dining, and the higher price tag reflects this difference as well. Meals may include several courses with appetizers, salads, entrees, side dishes, desserts, and wine or cocktails. And you probably need to dress up a bit to look the part as a customer and as an employee or owner. Next is fast food. These are quick-service restaurants that serve low-cost food quickly from a counter or drive-thru. They will offer a pretty fixed menu of mass-produced food that is usually pre-cooked to expedite service. Many of these chains have international locations, and they are some of the best and most popular restaurants around the world. Fast Casual These restaurants typically offer counter service instead of table service. Often, a customer can order items from a menu or build their own customizable meals at the counter. Think sandwiches, burgers, burritos, and salads here. These restaurants have become increasingly popular because they balance the quality of casual dining with the speed of fast food. Family style. Now we're talking my length. Large portions of moderately priced food meant to be shared by large parties, often in a laid-back atmosphere. I regularly think of Southern comfort food, but this may also include Italian-American, Chinese-American, or other traditional American selections because they include large shareable portions of dishes like pasta, noodles, stir-fry, or fried finger foods. Food trucks. You guys know what food trucks are, and you know that they're very much evolving, so I'm not going to get into it too much here. If you do want more info, I did a rabbit hole episode on food trucks last September. So check out episode 156 when you get a chance. Next is pop-up restaurants. These open in a specific location for a limited period of time and can involve counter service or table service with limited seating. Chefs and budding restaurateurs use these as a means to test out a dining concept without the huge real estate commitment. Bars, pubs, and brew pubs. A bar or a pub is a restaurant that primarily serves alcohol, but may offer a limited food menu of casual dishes or finger foods. Certain fine dining and casual dining establishments include a self-seated bar area, but bars can be standalone as well. And of course, brew pubs are simply pubs with beer that's brewed on site. Cafes. Here you'll often see counter service with a wide range of of coffee and tea items with casual food items like sandwiches, salads, and pastries. Starbucks fits right in here, as do many of your local coffee and donut shops. And finally, buffets. Customizable plates at set prices. Customers will serve themselves, choosing from a smorgasbord of food items laid out on a bar or rows of tables. These are often all you can eat, allowing customers to return for multiple rounds of food. And... Even this isn't a complete list, depending on how you want to niche down, but it's crucial for you to research and select a concept that aligns with your passions, skills, and the demands of your target market. This leads me to my next topic, which is, do you come up with your own concept or do you just go the franchise route? There are advantages and disadvantages to each, but most of them are relative to your individual strengths, weaknesses, and goals. Sound familiar? Anyhow. Let's get into it, shall we? There are four main categories to consider when thinking about independent ownership versus franchising. Those are initial responsibilities, creative control, restaurant costs, and previous experience needed. Let's start with initial responsibility. In general, 
independent ownership will have much more responsibility than a franchisee. You have to have a thoroughly researched and thought out concept, and you look forward to creating your own brand impressions within the community. But independence isn't necessarily the route for you if you can't break your initial concept down into details or if you don't have the funds to focus on that brand building and marketing. For a franchisee, you're literally being handed a concept that's already proven and reputation building has already been done for you. So long as you don't mind a long approval process with corporate, you can feel good about your opportunity. Sure, there's still plenty of responsibility, but much less so than as an independent owner. However, if you want more say over branding and marketing or are worried about a corporate scandal affecting your business, then maybe franchising isn't for you. Next is creative control. We've already touched on it a bit, but this is perhaps the biggest difference between these two different styles. Independent ownership allows you to have complete creative control over your restaurant, from the menu to the decor to marketing. If you have experience with all of these and a great vision, then it just makes sense to go this route. You are more flexible to alter your menu to cater to your audience. For a franchisee, there's essentially zero creative control over the business. I mean, that's the whole reason you're buying a franchise because it's already done for you. Your menu is fixed, as is your decor and marketing efforts. And as long as you don't mind being audited by corporate every once in a while, then this actually takes a lot off of your plate. Third is restaurant costs. This is a biggie, and it's very individualized depending on your particular concept or franchise choice. As an independent owner, you keep all of the profits, but you're also on the hook for all of the initial expenses of getting started, including insurance, permits, and licensing fees, along with the cost of securing and renovating a space. Now, there is generally more wiggle room for independent owners on tight budgets to make changes to their budget. I mean, maybe you just get to the opening and then you can add more finishing touches as you start making money. With a franchise, though, you don't have that luxury, but it's often worked out at the beginning rather than during the process. And that's because a franchise candidate must meet a franchise's initial financial requirements. Buying a franchise can cost anywhere from $50,000 to $6 million. But most startup investments for restaurant franchises start in the $200,000 to $300,000 range. And that typically involves having liquidity, meaning that you have the funds available to keep the business afloat for the first few months. You'll also have to secure a location and pay an initial franchising fee that can range from a few thousand to several hundred thousand dollars. And then there are royalties and advertising fees once you've opened up. The nice thing is, though, that you're not alone in this venture. A franchise will often help you secure funding through investors and lenders are typically more open to supporting franchises because of their proven business models. Finally, previous experience required. I strongly recommend that you have some previous restaurant experience before getting started on your restaurant dream. But in general, those with less experience may be better suited to franchise ownership. A franchise is a successful business model, and it may appeal to entrepreneurs or former corporate executives who know how to carry out a business plan. However, if you have significant knowledge and experience in the food industry, then you're probably much more comfortable with creating and executing a particular restaurant concept independently. Countless former chefs, kitchen managers, and food industry veterans have taken this route to restaurant ownership. Now, I've included quite a few resources in the show notes for you to check out, and there are plenty of books out there too. 
How to Start, Run, and Grow a Successful Restaurant Business, a Lean Startup Guide by Tim Hoffman. He really focuses on developing a concept and theme before building your business plan. And he also includes a full restaurant business plan and sample personal financial statement. Your First Restaurant, an Essential Guide by Daniel Boardman, teaches you how to plan, research, analyze, finance, open, and operate your own wildly successful eatery. And of course, there's always running a restaurant for dummies, which I'm sure has plenty of great nuggets in it, even though it is more than a decade old at this point. With that being said, that's going to do it for today's show. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Plan B CRNA podcast, and I hope you'll tune in in a couple of weeks for the conclusion for restaurants here, the, the part two. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. This show only grows because of you, so make sure you share it with a friend, family member, or colleague to help them on their side income journey. I also want to hear from you, too. So if you have a question, comment, or a rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in a future episode, just put it in your review of the podcast. I check those all the time, and I cover those questions in future episodes. If you'd like to know more about me and gain access to passive income opportunities, make sure to find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. This is Bobby Jones signing off. Till next time, stay safe and take care of each other out there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.